I always make the jokes like as the I, 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 my husband uh, uh, stop loving me and kick me out. Uh, they were like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, that's not bad. The bad thing is I got canceled on TikTok. That hurt me. Welcome to Imposters, the show where I talk to world-class execs, athletes, and entertainers about their personal challenges and how overcoming those challenges has shaped their careers and lives for the better. I'm your host, Alex Lieberman, co-founder and executive chairman of Morning Brew. My guest today is Zhao Ying Summers. Zhao Ying is a comedian, producer, and entrepreneur. She's best known for her comedy on TikTok, where she has over 1.1 million followers and over 300 million views. Zhao Ying has a new 30-minute comedy special on Peacock TV, and she performs regularly at The Laugh Factory and The Comedy Store in LA. She is also the owner of the Hollywood Comedy Club and the Pasadena Comedy Club, where she produces shows that promote minority comedians. But Zhao Ying's journey to comedy was incredibly difficult. As a child, she struggled to feel adequate in her home country of China, where she nearly died as the result of their infamous one-child policy. And midway through gaining career momentum in the U.S., she was suddenly confronted with both a divorce and being banned from TikTok, the platform that was fueling her livelihood. Zhao Ying told me her story from the very beginning as an infant in China. Our conversation right after this quick break. A quick warning for listeners, this conversation does include a brief mention of suicide. If you or someone you know is struggling, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. We've also included some resources in the show notes. Zhao Ying Summers, thank you so much for joining Imposters. Thank you so much. Such an honor to be here. And you pronounced my name perfectly. I really Was appreciate it good? that. Uh, Perfectin. You, you should just learn Chinese. Okay. You'll be I, good at it. I, I would love to learn. I've heard it's difficult. Okay. So I was thinking before the episode, you know, what is the best way to describe you, right? I could describe you as a comedian. I could describe you as an immigrant, uh, as a survivor. And for people who are listening to this and they don't know your story, they're probably like, why are you potentially calling Zhao Ying all these things? So I want you to start by telling your story from the beginning, from the very beginning. Okay, so I was born in China in the 90s as a little girl with dark skin and big lips. And uh, I, I was not wanted by my family, but my mother decided to keep me. But it was just a struggle growing up, uh, looking like me and being a girl. And uh, everything I do, if it wasn't perfect, I always ask myself, you know, they kept me alive. Why don't I just do better? It was just such a hard time growing up. And then I realized I wasn't attractive in Chinese standard. Is that my skin's too dark, my lips are too big. So I wasn't popular in school and I don't look good in the girly dresses. And it just made me so angry. Then I realized that uh, I can be popular by making people laugh. People like me more. Even though I wasn't a pretty girl, but I, I was always popular because I was uh, trying to make people happy. And uh, I remember when I was uh, like 11 or 12, my cousin opened a video shop. She imports all the Hollywood movies. She sells it in, in our city in Henan province. And uh, I realized that uh, in the movies, they have women who's darker than me, but those women are the most beautiful women in the movie. And I just don't get it. What's wrong with my skin? If those women are beautiful in America, 
And、uh, I feel like maybe there's something wrong with the society here.、Mm-hmm. Maybe、uh, there's something I need to learn. I need to see the world, see what's going on. And I, I decided that I want to grow up and to go to America. And I just want to see the other side of the world. If everything I've been told is the truth, is that the big lips is ugly and the dark skin is embarrassing as a woman. And、uh, that's why I decided to come to America. Something that you said was, you know, my family didn't want me.、Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? They wanted to take me to the dumpster because I was not born with a penis. And what, that was what does that mean? Com- take you to the dumpster. That was、uh, basically a unspoken rule. There's only one child is allowed, and、uh, if you hide the girl, you just get rid of the girl. You can give the girl to relatives. You can put your girl to adoption. Then people don't know you hide the baby. Therefore, you can have a chance to have another one. Hopefully, it's going to be a boy. And is that something that your Family wanted to do.、Um, when I was a girl, my mom had to live a life.、Uh, is that she's going to have this girl? She'll never have a son. That's a life. It's very difficult for a woman who never bring a son to the world. During that time, she has to make a decision that if she keep me, she's she still want to have a second baby. Therefore, she's gonna lose her job, her house, her everything. And、uh, she decided to keep me and、uh, to. Have everything is that、uh, she's gonna lose everything by keep keeping me, but、uh, she can have another baby. Hopefully, she have a son, and she didn't. She had another daughter. <laughs> If you weren't aware, in 1980, the Chinese government enacted a one-child policy that lasted until 2016. During this time, families were restricted to having one child per household, with few exceptions, and the government used things like. Financial incentives and preferential employment opportunities for those who complied with the policy. Now, on top of that, the government imposed financial and social sanctions against those who weren't compliant, like Zhao Ying's family, and they sometimes even forced abortions and sterilizations. But here's the craziest part: China had a centuries-old tradition of preferring sons in a family, as sons inherited the family name, property, and were ultimately responsible for caring for elderly family members. This led to tens of thousands of baby girls in China being given up for adoption, abandoned, and sometimes even becoming victims of infanticide. Thus, by deciding to keep Zhao Ying and even later having a second daughter, Zhao Ying's parents were essentially giving up almost every opportunity for themselves. How did your、uh, dad feel about all of this? Um, he is.、Uh... Just like any other traditional Chinese father, but my father is an alcoholic, but he loves me a lot, and I think he loves me in his heart. He loves me even though I'm a girl because I always make him laugh, and、uh, I think、uh, he he was okay with my mom's decision. You know, he wasn't trying to be like, oh, you we can't lose the house. My father said it doesn't matter if you want to keep her, we should keep our girl. We don't, we can have a new house. Or we don't have one. We just live under、uh, a small room,、uh, you know, at the grandpa's house. It's gonna be fine. Wow. So he was brave for even doing that. I know that's not、uh, something like、uh, you would wish your father would、yeah. do. Like you would be like, oh, I'm keep my daughter. But you know, he he did better than other men. Sounds like you had like a pretty freaking tough childhood. Yeah, even you are alive, but you live under the burden of that you are not good enough. You know, you were supposed to be. Away or dead, but they kept you alive. If you can't get A in all your classes, why you still alive? Yeah, it's so tough. I think it's very painful to to know that. 
everybody make fun, make jokes. They think it's funny, but I didn't think it was funny because whenever I do something that wasn't perfect, I heard something from my relatives like, "Oh, you know that you were supposed to be given to somewhere else,、yeah. but they kept you. Why can't you get an A plus in your class?" It's it's tough. I think a lot of Chinese women they don't talk about it because we feel like we are just so lucky to be kept alive. And if we have a B minus in the class, we 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 suck. We don't. We are not worthy of our life. And then we have to work harder to make sure we bring pride to our family. And when we get married, is that if the man is angry, we have to make sure they are not angry at us. We have to make sure that we are a good wife by being obedient. But in this society, women also go out to work. We do. We are a full time mom and a full time person. So I want the women to know. They were in my shoes. Even like、uh, the woman who didn't、uh, suffer the one-child policy, to know that、uh, we are doing the best we can, you know, the knowledge is so hard on, on me for being for know know that I I wasn't worthy to be alive, and they kept me alive. And if I'm not perfect, why don't I just die? But I can't die because dying is a coward thing to do in in my culture. You can't kill yourself. You have to fight, and it's very tough to talk about it. I want to cry. But don't talk about it. It's like, oh yeah, you know, I was a dumpster baby, ha.、Huh? But then I talk about it. I feel that、uh, I've been through a lot. And so, how, even today, sitting here, how have you been able to grow yourself in a way where you have more self confidence, a better sense of self, belief in who you are, when basically your entire childhood was constructed in a way to make you do everything but believe in yourself. I think coming to America make is something that、uh, I will never regret, and I fought so hard to come here. Is because I can see me as a woman in front of other people's eyes, people from different culture, different background, different skin color.、Uh, I remember when I was in Kentucky, I had a, and that's a, where you went to college, right? Yeah, University of Kentucky in Lexington. I had a group of friends that they are from China. They are those girls who are the beautiful girls, very skinny, very pale, very tall, and they are from wealthier family. So they are driving a Mercedes, and I'm riding a bike. They are gonna drive to the mall with their Mercedes. I'm taking the bike to the Japanese restaurant. I'm witnessing it, and I remember that I was tutoring math class for a group of students. Then sometimes they all basketball team come, Kentucky、uh, basketball team. They are like a very popular. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't. I didn't have the knowledge of that they are very popular. But I did have friends from China ask me for their autographs. So one of those basketball player, I was tutoring him, and his friend was there. Then we we're like, we are gonna celebrate because we we won. Do you want to come over to our party? We, I'm like me. He's like, yeah. What's your number? And then the girl next to me, the Chinese girl, the pretty one, the white, skinnier, taller, skinny, pretty one. She's like, I'm sorry, Zhang.、Uh, she's not pretty in China. Like I'm the pretty one. You should be asking for a number. She she's, actually said that. Yeah, because she's too dark to be pretty. That is wild. I'm like、uh, the like the Snow White princess. Like I'm the pretty one. Like、uh, are、yeah. you confused? Because that's my number. The basketball player guy. He was just like he was laughing. He was like amused. I was just like so hidden behind the shell. Yeah. So not confident. I wasn't even. Dare to ask people's name、yeah. or like make friends, but I know they are like I realize they are all stars. Like all my friends in China was、uh, like you、oh, saw them. Yeah, yeah. They all、like、they the all went to NBA. I know that. Yeah, yeah. They all like, but they were so sweet and nice. 
And then he's like, you know what, bitch, you're just jealous. Like, are you kidding me? She's too dark to be pretty. She's a pretty one. You're not. And that's what I heard. And that changed my life forever. Because I know that person, that guy, they are like very popular and they are the heroes for the basketball, for the team and everything. Zhao Ying says that this experience with the Kentucky basketball player standing up for her gave her a sense of confidence in her looks that she hadn't had before. And that confidence ultimately led her to learn that she could have a career in entertainment. And it started with a chance encounter with her friend at the time, Laura Kirkpatrick, who is on America's Next Top Model. She needs somebody who can draw some butterfly on her face. And I, I was a painter when I was growing up. I like to paint. So I'm like, I can do it. Then she said, you should be a model. You are so beautiful. You have the best skin color and yeah. the perfect face. I'm like, no, I'm ugly. She said, it pays $200 for two hours photo. I said, I'm coming. <laughs> and that's when I started just like posing for the camera. And yeah. I, I was taking acting class anyway, because I love to perform. Yeah. I never knew I can do comedy. I knew I was always making people laugh. But uh, Kentucky, I don't know what people say about Kentucky, but Kentucky is my second home. Yeah. It gave me confidence and I made friends. I can see people white people, black people, Latina, they look at me just like, you are so beautiful. Yeah. And I, I believe this now because I lived the life yeah. in America, living my life in front of other people's eye. And I know they are not lying to me. They're just uh, saying the fact. You talk about how your experience at Kentucky and these, you know, these players validating for you for the first time. And so like that, that was a huge moment for you. But I want to also pull back to, to comedy, how comedy and the act of telling jokes and making people laugh. It sounds like it started for you as very much like a coping mechanism mm -hmm. to belong, right? Yeah, when you totally. didn't feel like you could belong because of the way that you looked and how that was perceived in the country. But tell me the, the purpose that comedy has served in your life and how maybe that's changed or stayed the same over the course of, say, from childhood to where you are now. I think a comedy saved my life many, many times. Since I was little, uh, I think comedy made me face the world differently. I was not as inward as I was, I should be, being not worthy of a life. I was very outgoing because I know wherever I go, people give me the candy, they give me the food, and they hug me, and they like to see me. I didn't really have any real popular moment as a beautiful girl. You always want to be a beautiful girl. I feel like every girl wants to be a beautiful girl. And it's going to be a tough moment you find out that you are not peaking at a certain time that makes you feel bad. But you are going to peak sometime. But I wasn't peaking when I was in China. Because you can be popular, but the moment you like a boy and then they, they tell you something like this, it broke your heart. And yeah. it broke my heart so, so, so bad. I feel like I'm just going to go away. I'm just going to become somebody who's important, who has a platform, who can tell people that uh, it's okay to look like this and feel beautiful. And uh, I, I feel like giving me ambition, being rejected by love when I was in high school, gave me more ambition to know that I belong to a bigger place. So uh, when I was in Kentucky, I became insecure again for not being able to speak the language. But uh, it also like uh, is a new plate for me. Nobody would know that I was not worthy to be alive. I can start fresh by building myself, making friends, learning English, and the, learning the culture. And then I realized that uh, I want to perform. I never knew I can do comedy. You know, comedy is a thing. So I moved to California, starting to invest in my career in acting. I studied with Howard Fine. 
I started my whole craft for years and years with him. He was a wonderful mentor. And he told me I have a talent for comedy. He told me to watch more Goldie Hawn and uh, Lucille Ball's things. Charming, funny, that kind of, he thinks that's what I am. And then I started to audition. I remember that I auditioned for uh, John Singleton's movie called uh, Rebel. It's a, a series called Rebel. There's a girl, is a Chinese American girl in Oakland. She has this Oakland accent. She's a like a gangster girl. Mm-hmm. And I auditioned and then he liked me, but uh, I remember at the audition room, I forgot something and I made a joke and everybody laughed very hard. And then at the end he said, oh, sorry, I'm not gonna take you because your accent is from China. We need a girl who's from Oakland. It's not gonna wow. be convincing, but I think you are very funny. You what did you feel when he said that? I, I just uh, feel expected. Because yeah. uh, my accent never got me any acting job. I, I believe I'm a good actor, but uh, it's the, the diversity, the writing. They don't have a role for a girl who is like, Sama Hag has an accent, you know, she has a career. She has the role for her, you know, she made it for her that she's an amazing actress and uh, and she is okay for a Latina woman to have an accent because every Latina woman you know have some kind of accent. Even they have American accents. Sometimes they have accent reflect where they're from. It's not a bad thing. Right. But having a Chinese accent is, you know, the exotic masseuse lady gives happy ending. That's <laughs> the Chinese accent. So I understand that uh, he told me, you know, because they can't have an actress who's not famous, who's not convincing to be the girl they want to cast. But he said, you are very funny. You should try stand up. I said, thank you. But if you really like me, you would cast me. He said, no, I really like you. And that's what I'm telling you, you should try stand up. And uh, this is my number. And uh, call me if you did your first open mic. I never called him because I just uh, felt that's uh, like a no. Yeah. But uh, then he sent me something. It's Ali Wong's clip. He said, this is so hilarious. I, when I was watching this, I think you could do something like this. You should try an open mic. Then I did. And I bombed so bad. We're going to take a quick break here. But when we come back, we get the full story of Zhao Ying's terrible first experience with stand-up and the pivotal moment of her getting kicked off of TikTok after her career started to take shape. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. We're back to my conversation with Zhao Ying Summers. Before the break, Zhao Ying explained how her failed audition for a series by director John Singleton led her to try her hand at stand-up. But as it goes for most comedians, her first experience at the mic was a shit show. I couldn't even speak. I was frozen. And I feel like I was running over by a car. I was stuttering. I used to be stuttering when I was very young for, for a few years. But then I conquered it. So it went back to me. Uh. And uh, I was trying to say a joke. It was only two minutes, I feel like five years. And I bombed. And I remember I was walking down the stage. I heard somebody saying, somebody should not be doing comedy. What an asshole. <laughs> I went to my car because I just had my baby. I was pumping the milk in the car, crying. 
And then I had a vodka. I'm like, I'm I'm pumping wet Russian right now. I'm gonna drink my own milk. <laughs> just like a, just drink milk because I needed some vet like nutrition right now from this bad set. I was drinking. I'm thinking I'm coming back. This is not okay. Next day, I found out all the open mic in LA. It's like three or four. West Side Theater, you know, the Hollywood Improv yep. is a lottery mic. I just did everything I can running around, uh, pumping milk in the car. And then I realized that uh, it's the 10,000 hours rule to get better. And I remember before that, uh, I was supposed to meet John Singleton for lunch. And that same week, you know, he asked me to have lunch to talk about my comedy. He died from this unexpected I think a brain aneurysm, something like that. And then I realized that life is so short. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go. If he believes in something in me, I should just try it. If I fail, at least I tried. Yep. But if I try something, is I'll, I'll throw everything in. I start doing 10 hours a day. Like, not kidding. I've been doing 10 hours a day, either uh, on stage or uh, writing or performing or on TikTok, uh, telling jokes to the yeah. audience since I decided I'm going to do this two and a half years ago. So people always tell me, oh my God, you got so lucky. You get all the gigs. I said, I spend 10 hours a day on comedy. While also having two children. Yeah. How are you able to do all of it? I don't know. I feel like uh, uh, it's so difficult because uh, I always being bad mom shamed by my husband. He think I'm a bad mom for going out of comedy. Uh, it was very hard. Now, like uh, I'm getting a divorce. We felt a divorce. We've been separated for a while. And I realized that... Uh, I allow the insecurities to control me, to let him to be right. I was not a bad mother. Yeah. I'm a great mom, you know. I'm doing the best I can. I'm setting an example to be a strong woman with a career. And my daughter would look at me and know that she can be on her own and she doesn't have to rely on a man. I think I'm being a great mom. So I decided that uh, if the marriage is going to end because I'm a bad person, it should end because I am a great person. I am my own hero. I'm yeah. doing the best I can. I'm not the best. I'm not perfect. But I have to fight very hard to have a platform. Therefore, my word can influence people to live less miserable years, to know today they are beautiful, they are confident, they can do anything they want. I never had that. And I almost let this taken away from me five years ago. Now I have it back and it's more than ever, I'm going to keep pushing forward. Well, it's amazing. And I give you so much credit because it feels, I don't know, in a weird way, kind of full circle, where as you were growing up, you didn't necessarily have the tools or the confidence, right? To, to tell people or believe in yourself that you were beautiful and you were told that you should have been given away. And, and now you've gotten to a point where it's like, you went through a really difficult thing in life, which is, you know, being separated and having two children while trying to build up a whole career. It seems like for a while, you know, you were allowing what your husband was saying to get to you to, to mm-hmm. invalidate yeah. your, your role as a mom. But it sounds like you, you really created a line in the sand where you stood up for what you stand for, that you have the belief that you are a great mom and also that you can be a great comedian as well. And it just like, I don't know, it shows to me, I like, I see amazing growth in getting to that place where you're able to stand for yourself. Thank you so much. Because um, I, I have more sympathy towards women who are in a relationship or in any relationship. It doesn't matter the spouse or parent or friends that uh, they tell you you are not good enough and you allow that to happen to you. It happens to strong people because strong people want to be perfect yep. and they love people around them. They don't want to disappoint them. 
So I always want to make sure I give all the love and I don't disappoint anybody. But life is disappointing. I can't have everything. I'm doing the best I can and I want to, to do the best I can. And I wanted to, even in my comedy, somebody think I'm too dark and mean. Like I am either racist or sexist or whatever. I don't care because deep down I love everybody. Yeah, I love every culture. And my comedy, I, I'm a clown. My job is to make people laugh. My job is to address the issues, to say things people want to say, but they are afraid to say. I have this platform to say things. I did not come from China to LA to censor myself. Yeah, I have a stage finally. I'm just going to tell you how ridiculous the beauty standard is and how stupid it is. People just think, oh, you are shaming the white beautiful people in China because you are a bitter bitch. I'm like, no, they can be beautiful and white all they want, but they stop making fun of the dark people being ugly. That's what I want. Even though Zhao Ying was resilient in facing her husband's criticism and ultimately their divorce, she did face another massive challenge. She got kicked off of TikTok, a platform that was acting as the lifeblood for her livelihood. It's one of the worst time in my life that I moved out from my house. And that day was me driving from in a U-Haul to film my half-hour special for Peacock TV, which is going to be out May 1st. That day I was moving out. I didn't expect I'm going to get divorced that day. I was an emotional train wreck, but uh, I didn't go home and cry. I had in my closet. I drove there. I put on makeup. I went on stage and I did it with my swollen face and swollen eyes. And I did it. So I'm very proud that I did it because if you think about this girl, almost got in the dumpster and then she went to America and she went to Kentucky, she went to LA and then she is going to be on, be on TV talking about everything. That's truth. Even though it wasn't ideal, I wasn't, I didn't look the way I wanted it. I powered through it and that's a part of life. And uh, uh, that's the same week I got canceled on TikTok. I always made the jokes like as the, I, I, my husband uh, uh, stopped loving me and kicked me out. Uh, they were like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, that's not bad. The bad thing is I got canceled on TikTok. That hurt me because I don't need my husband, but I need my TikTok. It just happened, you know. That's probably the, going to be the darkest time of my life is that I can move out from the house because I have the confidence I can afford my life. Because my TikTok, I have more over me followers. I have brand deals. I, I can make a living. And uh, no, I can't. Do you have it's a like, sense of why it happened? Uh, it is uh, how dark my humors are. Is a lot of Asian comedians they talk about being Asian. I talk about being Asian, but uh, mine is not about being Asian growing up in America. Yeah, yeah. Mine is about being Asian growing up in China and coming here as immigrant and the growing up in China. The story that that kind of humor people never heard that before. It's a shock. The one child policy, my one child policy joke. It went viral. I think I did it in Austin. What was the joke? I remember the joke I would say is like, I was born in China in the 90s. There's the one child policy, AKA penis only. <laughs> so when I was born, my father found out that my penis was missing. So he took me to the dumpster, but thank God he was drunk. So he dropped me on the ground. My mother heard me screaming and crying. She said, she's ugly, but she's a fighter. Let's keep her. Then I go, Meanwhile, all the other baby girls, they end up in the dumpsters. They were taken by coyotes, hyenas, and Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that is incredible. It's, 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 I think it's very dark for most people's taste. It's very funny. 
And so it was one of the worst periods of time. So interestingly, because for a lot of people, divorce would be the worst time. Mm-hmm. But for you, you had built up a million follower audience for TikTok, which is less about you know caring about the followers or the likes, but more the fact that it was allowing you to accomplish two things. One is it was allowing you to accomplish using your platform to spread messages that people didn't feel comfortable spreading mm-hmm. in a way that would get people to laugh and feel better in their day. And also it was like how you were able to be an independent woman mm-hmm. making a living. Mm-hmm. And like both of those things were pulled from you. Yeah, they are both pulled from me. And uh, I, I think uh, what really triggered uh, for me to get canceled is that uh, people, I start getting thousands of tens of thousands of comments threatening me to take down the video some death threats, some threats of me being evil. And uh, people just, uh, I just keep talking about it. I made three or four more videos and boom, I was canceled. Wow. You will no longer be able to come back to the platform. Everything's done. Then that was very dark. I, I cried for like, I think four hours. Then I decided that no, that is not the end of me. I'm gonna bounce back from this. This cannot end me. I cannot be canceled in America by a Chinese company. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Then I remember that uh, journalist, Nate Jackson, he covered uh, my 30-minute special, a beautiful article uh, talking about uh, all Asian comedy special feature only Asian comedians. Uh, you know, he did a beautiful article. Then I realized he's going to visit one of my friend Aiden Park's show is a, a show benefit uh, the AIDS Foundation. Mm-hmm. Aiden is a HIV plus comedian. He's one of my best friend. I asked him, Aiden, I want to go to your show. I don't want to talk to Nate. What would I do about this situation? Then I met the journalist and he was wonderful and he was very interested in talking about it. So we spent two or three months talking together, meeting together. He came to see my shows and he wrote this beautiful, beautiful article about me getting canceled and my life as a Chinese American immigrant comedian having two clubs, how do I suffer the pandemic and uh, what happened? It was a beautiful piece on LA Times Entertainment. And you ultimately got back your account, right? I, I got a lawyer and we then he talked to TikTok and they get back to me. And what did you, on the day or the moment that it was reinstated, what, what was the feeling? What was the thought that went through your head? I, I feel like that's such a fight back that people try to silence me. I just fell back harder, just like what I knew to do, what to do. I'm ugly, I'm funny, I want to make people laugh. So I feel that's a moment for me to know that the truth, if you fight, if you have truth and good intention, you can win if you don't give up. That's how I felt the moment uh, I'm gonna go further. This is one thing to prove me that I wasn't wrong. I'm gonna go even further from LA Times to Netflix, to all the TVs yeah. and the clubs and to reach out to more people to know that they are beautiful, they are worthy of everything. They can have anything they want in their life if they just uh, go for it. I feel like, you know, if there's one through line in your life, it's you are just an incredible fighter because everything that was put around you in your life was done so in a way to make you feel as little as possible, as ugly as possible from you know the kids in school telling you that you weren't pretty enough to you being part of China during a time when the one child policy exists. Like there were so many different reasons in life for you to not feel good about yourself. And like you've just continued to fight, right? Like fighting moving to America, then fighting going to Kentucky, to LA. Fi- uh, then going to LA, 
you know, becoming a, a comedian after being told that because of your accent, you couldn't be an actor, but you could be funny to ultimately now owning two comedy clubs and both being a business owner mm -hmm. while also doing it around the work that you love. Like yes. it's incredible. I can book people that don't get on stage so often. I can book all women comedians or black girls or Asian girls or like LGBTQ community. It's just that kind of shows that we need them so, so desperately, but not a lot of shows like that got put on. But so I you're saying those like comedians that are from minority groups are not put on as much in big comedy yeah, clubs? Yeah, they pick a, like a black girl, an Asian girl, an Asian man, and a gay guy to window dress like a show. Like a, a lot of like white people then boom, a black guy yeah. and a gay person. Ooh, that's a show because they want to be right. right I'm like, like it, no, we're like, going to have all gay girls, like all gay yeah. or a lesbian show. Like, And then my show is crazy, but they all do well because people love to see them. We have Asian male lead show, all Asian men and Asian female lead and black girl magic and all like a rainbow show, things like that. And all like East, Middle Eastern invasion, yeah. like all Middle Eastern comedians, things like that. I feel like uh, being ugly, being not wanted, living through that kind of pain makes me a better comedian because the best comedian is the comedian with compassion. Yep. You, you fight for the society. You don't make fun of the weak yeah. and the poor. Because yeah. I was the weak, I was the poor. Well, your, uh, your journey is incredibly admirable. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here. It's been amazing. Um, we're going to finish with a lightning round. So I'm going to ask you a few lightning questions. Sound good? Mm -hmm. Okay. What is the most embarrassing moment of your career? My career? The most embarrassing? I would think that would be my open mic phase. The, the first one? The first open mics, the first week of open mics. It is bad. I know it's bad. Somebody slapped me come up and slap me. That's the only time Will Smith slap somebody is me on stage the first week because oh, I deserve it. <laughs> I don't deserve the stage time. I'm not worth your people's time. It was bad. Well, it's been uphill since then. Yeah, I hope so. Um, last question for you. If it wasn't me sitting here right now, but instead it was a child, Zhao Ying, mm -hmm. the Zhao Ying that was in China who was bullied by kids in school, who didn't feel like they belonged, you could only say one thing to her. What would you say to her? You can be anything you want. Love it. Zhao Yang, thank you so much thank for joining you. the show. Oh my, I have tears in my eye. I can't believe you make a comedian cry. <laughs> <laughs> if anything can be said about Zhao Ying, it's that she is truly a fighter. Hearing her talk about almost being left in a dumpster by her father and enduring relentless bullying growing up, but still believing she could feel worth something was so incredibly powerful. She knew from seeing American movies that in America, she might not have to feel ugly or made to believe that she wasn't worthy of life. So she found a way to get there. And then to struggle to find success in entertainment, which is already one of the hardest industries to succeed in, as an immigrant is even more impressive. And when that livelihood was almost taken away from her, she found a way to fight her way back onto one of social media's biggest platforms. If there's anything to learn from Zhao Ying's story, I think it's this. When we face deep challenges in life, we have two choices, give up or face our fears head on. Zhao Ying's lifelong choice for the latter is an amazing model for us all. Imposters is a production of Morning Brew. Our show is produced by Michaela Heck and Vishnu Vallabhaneni. Our executive producer is Brian Henry. Our booking producer is A.B. Silver. And our sound engineers are Dan Bauza and Rosemary Minkler. 
Our video producer is Emily Milliron, and Sarah Singer is our VP of Multimedia. Our theme song is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Original music in this episode is by Rosemary Minkler. 